I love that ad. I love that ad. I love that ad. Hey everyone, it finally happened on the 53rd episode. We messed up how we recorded the video. So we've had to use the Zoom default of flicking back between us when we talk, which isn't the best, but um, it's still a really, really class episode by our guest Shane Foley, and uh, we think it's some really, really good content. So we'll go back to our normal way of uh, presenting the podcast next week, and uh, I hope you enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to another episode of I Love That Ad, a very special episode today because we're we're joined by two Shanes, uh, our regular Shane Brennan, uh, always always uh, uh, at the accompany us, and then we have Shane Foley, uh, paid social client director in Core. How are you doing, Shane? And Shane. Hi, lads. How are you both? Thanks good, for good on. to see you. It's uh, is this our first double Shane? This is our first double Shane. Uh, it's a historic day in uh, in the annals of I love that ad. It, it used to be the curse of my life when we worked in MediaWorks. At one stage, I think there was four Shanes. And even though I was the first in, I was called Shane Four. Yeah. I, <laughs> it's funny because that was definitely just to get at you as well. Oh, what, sir? Your, your name on this actually is Shane Two. <laughs> I don't know how to manage something. <laughs> You've already been relegated to Shane Two. I only copped that. So I only copped that the other day. We were on a call, and I was like, "I need to fucking change that username." And I just got blasted for it. <laughs> right, so I'm Shane two then. So Shane one is Shane Foley. Shane two is Shane Brennan. That's, that's uh, <laughs> oh fuck. Shane, uh, Shane one. Uh, welcome, welcome to the show. It's uh, it's great to have you. We've been meaning to get you on for for a long time now. So apologies for for the delay in getting you on, but it's it's an absolute pleasure to have you. That's all right. Yeah. Thanks so much, gents, for having me on. Uh, really excited to be here this morning. Uh, I'm a big fan of the show. The, the one thing I noticed is that your guests never ask you, how are you guys? So how are you both? <laughs> Thank you, Shane One. That no is, problem. that's so nice. It's, that, that warms the cockles, the cockles of your spirits. I'm, I'm not doing great, Shane. Let's be honest. If you have a bit of time, let's let's get into it. <laughs> you asked, so I'm going to answer. Uh, no, all, all, go, all well. Uh, all well in the West uh, here. Uh, I believe you're in the West as well. And Shane, how are you in Dublin? Yeah, I'm I'm grand to be honest with you. Uh, no one, no one asked me how I am. So yeah, I really appreciate that. I'm kind of stumped. <laughs> I don't know how to how to answer it. So I I think I'm gonna check in. I'm okay. I'm okay. <laughs> we, we pause the recording and, and just have a moment. Have a moment. Have <laughs> a chat. Have, have, have a little cry session. But <laughs> <laughs> well, we all so, go go it? for a pint. Let's come on. Let's just go. <laughs> we, we can do now. It's actually safe and legal. I know. Yeah, I can't wait. The fact that you said it's legal, that's that's insane. Know, that, you know, that that's an actual term. Yeah, it's 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 just the world yeah. we live in. Have, have you went out for many pints during the since been lifted? No, I, that's the question. I was just about to ask you. I, I and um I, I'm kind of trying to find a reason to. And the Six yeah. Nations is coming up, so that's yeah. that's gonna be a nice reason. But um no, I was well, I only drove by a pub the other day and you know the old the all the outside awning stuff, no one in it. <laughs> it's like i wonder how long all that kind of road frontage is gonna mm. is gonna last with before the 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 county council are like take it down take it down get, yeah. get rid of that you're i've literally there's no one in it anymore <laughs> yeah there, there's there's such a hallmark of, of covid they even look like pop-up test centers just right attached onto the side of a pub or something yeah. <laughs> okay. what about you shane um no, I actually, actually haven't at, at all. Um, I was actually out the final week before the restrictions were lifted. And I, I must say, I was a huge fan of the 8pm finish because you can kind of get in early and get home early. There's, yeah. there's no real messing around or flapping about. Um, and yeah. I don't know how the system will be able to take a full night. I don't think it will be able to. 
And the, even the 12 p.m. finish was really nice. You'd get home nice and early and not be too bad the next day. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I don't know. The body would be shook after one night out. I, I love the early finish. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, and I, I it, like, it means you could, you had a reason to leave. Whereas there's nothing worse and best or like amazing when you have no reason to leave. But yeah. like the 12 p.m. finish and the 8 p.m. It was like, no, no, I'll meet you for two. But you had to do two. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> uh, what did Rob Timoney say when he was on the podcast? A man who's had uh, five, what was it? Five has points had, uh, has had enough. A man who's had 10 points has not had enough. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> it's that's, it's like, so, that's true. so true. Like you get the goo after <laughs> six or seven, you just keep going. Yeah, God. Oh, God. Yeah, um, but no, Shane, you're right. The body couldn't take it. I'd actually yeah. be afraid. Yeah. As to what would happen. Like I was the, on a the, stag there during lockdown down yeah. in Dingle and it was like two days. I was I was absolutely crawling the walls. Yeah, like, I, I didn't know I it hit me. That's what happens after especially I, I turned 30 this year and I kind of realized that I turned 30 very harshly after I birthday. I only had a few drinks and I was hanging for two days. Like, oh this is what I have to pour to for the rest of my life. Here, here yeah. we go. That's 30, mate. Welcome That's to Thirty. Yeah. You're, written, you're, written <laughs> off. you're written off. Good night. Good luck, um, Shane. Uh, so to ensure that this podcast actually does touch on ads and not just pints and delicious pints for the for the for the for all of it. Um, you're you're a paid social client director in in core. So um, I think it's pretty obvious that that whole world of social and particularly paid social has evolved rapidly uh, every every year or two. There's there's seismic changes. Is is it fair to say that the, the types of role that you're doing and, and, and paid social in general is moving away from a corner in a digital agency or in a media agency and more into like a, a trading role now and, and, and literally just numbers based uh, match with creativity the way a trading would be? Or, or am, I, am I reading that wrong? No, I, you have it absolutely spot on. Um, I think like we're at the start of a new year, it's you know, 2022. And this is definitely the most exciting time for me anyways to work in digital and especially paid social because of the way it's just advanced and evolved over the last couple of years like it's definitely it's it's a bit of a mad thing to say but it has become you know woven into the fabric of our society now because it's used so much there's so much demand for it our behaviors have changed so much and, and there's so much variety on all the different platforms as well if you look at this country uh throughout some stats uh, 77% of the population of this country are active social media users. And it doesn't mean people who just have a, a platform and doesn't go on it. These are people who use the platforms every day, every week, every month. So it equates to about 3.8 million, just under 4 million users, 3.8 million users. Right. Uh, if you look at the average number of social platforms we use in this country, the average number is actually eight, which seems much too high. It seems kind of scary. But if I go on my phone, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, WhatsApp, Snapchat, TikTok, Pinterest. Like I am a statistic, so, so to speak. But um, it, it's definitely a really exciting time to be in paid social because it just opens up this massive uh, variety for our audiences because there's such huge demand. I think for, for all, the, 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 all the platforms, they're all basically fighting for your attention. They're all fighting to get you on the platform. I think definitely innovation and content are really key to keep audiences, one, going to the platforms, and two, going back to the platforms. And it obviously opens up a huge opportunity for clients and for brands and the re-seeing the benefit, especially over the last two years. Um, yeah. there's, there's been a huge, huge digital acceleration in the last two years um, and you know, primarily driven through the pandemic because you know, the physical world is shut down, the physical world was closed, the virtual world will never 
close, it will never shut down. There's always, there's always a huge demand for that. Yeah, and I think like YouTube from a content point of view did massive over the last yeah. two years. Like even if you like leave aside like people like Mr. Mr. Beast and stuff like that who really kind of blew things out of the water. And I was only thinking about this the other day. I talk about Andrew Schultz an awful lot mm-hmm. in this podcast what he kind of did with social media. He does have his own agency as well. So he's well versed in in social media. Um it was easier, I think, for YouTube content creators to bubble together. Yeah. Whereas TV were just reporting news and they couldn't get like they were like, OK, we can't get the 30 crew to all live together. So technically we can't do this. And then content creators were like, yeah, me and my, my cameraman, my editor, mm-hmm. we all live in this gaff and we're just going to churn out content. And I just think it upped the amount of content, the amount of eyeballs, therefore the amount of revenue, the amount of content, then the amount of production quality and allowed them to get braver. You know what yeah. I mean? Like if you even take the Squid Games thing that Mr. Beast did and the amount of yeah. money he pours into all that content, you're like, and he, I heard, I heard an interview with him recently enough talking about how if someone was like, have TV producers not come to you and gone, how are you doing this? Do you want to make a TV show? And he goes, yeah, but they just don't get it. He goes, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm spitting out these ideas. And they're like, who would watch that? And he goes, look at my channel. Yeah, loads yeah. of people watch this stuff yeah. more than like watch your tv channels like in a whole day and um i think a lot of them are learning oh i'm just gonna stay i'm just gonna stay mm-hmm. on youtube and i'm just gonna grow this platform and it can be shared across all social and it's for it as opposed to trying to cross over into what they're seeing necessarily as an older way of consuming content mm-hmm. and it just i just think that the cre- premium content has just made it more reason to go onto social than just trying to connect with friends and I think over the last two years, that has that has exploded from a quality point of view. Anyway, if you it's a really good point on YouTube. If you look at TikTok, is another example yeah. that has just exploded in the Western market, especially mm-hmm. in the last two years. <clears throat> and in the last couple of months, they reached over a billion users globally, which just shows the massive impact it's had on you know on this society and on just the world society in general. In locally in this market, um, I think two years ago the daily usage rate was at eight percent. Mm-hmm. Last year it jumped to thirty percent, and this year we're, oh, we're going to predict it'll jump to 60 percent. Because if you use TikTok, you kind of know it just sucks you in completely. Like the algorithm is so clever, it's so smart, it's so tailored to you, mm-hmm. and the content is actually really good sometimes. Like every time you go on TikTok, you either learn something new or you laugh. You actually laugh out loud, and you're always yeah. sharing content with friends. I think that that always on demand, always being able to access good quality content no matter where you are. That's you know a huge demand, and that's why I said at the start it has changed our behavior as a society, mm-hmm. as weave itself yeah. into the fabric of society. Poor Vine, the, the, Vine had its Vine. chance. Oh, Poor Vine, Vine was, like, Vine was great. F- uh, Vine, Jesus. Uh, <laughs> I, I still watch Vine compilations on oh, YouTube yeah, sometimes. Uh, but there's a there's I was watching um the new series of Billions um <clears throat> and there's a great example of of that proliferation of of, of TikTok and how. How it's become central to the that social yeah. uh, evolution of a story or or content, uh, and basically they were trying to short a company, and to do it they did uh, a TikToker did an expose on it, and they're all monitoring it on their on their computers, and literally the word was it's jumped to Twitter, and that's mm-hmm. when it took off then. But like it, it they they seeded out the content on TikTok, it jumped over to Twitter, and then the whole the storyline went from there. But just to show how instrumental it is. Yeah. From from that point of view, that's on, that's been used as part of the mainstream storylines. It's it's a in such a short space of time. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, what what's really interesting from a a, a paid uh, standpoint is 
And something I've been doing at the start of the year is trying to listen to more economics and finance podcasts and yourselves as well, obviously, uh, but just, just trying to educate myself a bit more. So every economic podcast I listen to is always about inflation uh, right now. The, 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 the world's topic point is inflation, whether it's uh, product inflation or energy prices or travel or transport, whatever it is, it's all about inflation. And I kind of thought it'd be interesting to see what it's like in terms of social media and social buying. Um, so if you look, it's really interesting. If you look at the last three years, 2020 is pretty much an anomaly because the world changed in March of 2020 last year. And it did for a long time. And what happened is a lot of brands stopped spending. So there's a huge amount of deflation in the market that just pulled, completely pulled the prices down across all the digital channels. And if you, if you look at the, the inflation figures now for this year compared to the last year, you'll see inflation levels up about 50, 60%, crazy number of inflation. But it's not the whole story. If you look at that compared to 2019, you'll see it's only up slightly compared to, compared to a regular year. So it's only up maybe about 6 to 7%, which isn't a massive jump especially because social is so affordable. But it's just really interesting because in 2020, the whole market just came down and there was wow. huge deflation yeah. in the market. But I suppose 6 to 8% is an awful lot of money considering the amount of money spent exactly. on social. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's mm-hmm. those small, just like in general global economics, the 4 to 5% globally is trillions. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I think that's, that's really interesting, yeah, to see that inflation jump into that space mm-hmm. as well. Makes it's, sense. It's, I, I think there, 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 there's two ways to look at, I, I think, the pandemic. Like, definitely, as I mentioned, there's a digital acceleration, but mm-hmm. from a lot of brands who were probably digitally savvy before the pandemic, they've really hit their strife in the last two years. You know, they're exploring new platforms, exploring new buying opportunities, different formats, really, you know, getting into their stride. Brands who weren't digitally savvy two years ago were literally forced online. And what they've seen, they've really reaped the benefits and the rewards of being online. And now that's become a part of their you know, always-on strategy instead of, as you mentioned at the very start, not something just in the corner, kind of forgotten about. It's front and centre now. I think, you know, this new decade, we're going to see more of that. Do you remember back in the day, it was like the, the media plan, put 100 quid on Facebook. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it, was like, it was like, but I the do. actual fee to do that for a month costs more than 100 feet. Why are we doing this? Yeah, like, yeah, I yeah. have to be in a meeting and say we're on Facebook and Instagram. Yeah, it's yeah. like, exactly, okay. Exactly. Yeah. I, I, I would have started in core around that kind of time. And I remember yeah. thinking, that, wait, this makes absolutely no sense at all. But why don't we just spend more? And now, six years later, now we're actually spending a lot more. You finally, you finally got your way now. Finally, finally, she's <laughs> been away for years. Amazing. Well, in that case, let's uh, let's kick off then. What what kind of ads? Uh, I think we can guess what topic you're going to bring us through. But um, do you want to take it away there? Uh, yeah, absolutely. So so I picked um, three ads, and these are three ads I really like. Um, and they're, they're, they're a bit different as in they have uh, this full campaign behind it, but there's also how they execute it across social platforms as well. Um, I've looked globally and I've looked locally here as well um, for, for these different campaigns. They're obviously only within the last couple of years because it's you know, a relatively new media. Um, but will we kick off into the first one? Yeah, yeah. that'd be great. Oh, great stuff. So the, the, the first one encompasses two of my great loves, and that's alcohol and football. Uh, no, I, I I joke, but um, this a campaign is actually by uh, Budweiser. Um, it's with Copa Ninety, who are a really great uh, football uh, creative institution. They make some really fantastic kind of content, um, and this is uh, the campaign Six Four Four. And so the relevance of Six Four Four is that Lionel Messi was on the peripheral of uh, overtaking Pele's record, 
uh, for most mm-hmm. goals uh, scored essentially and Budweiser done a massive activation around them uh, built up huge anticipation uh, in, into the into the actual uh, goal score itself and then had a huge social activation after as well so it's really two parts one cool. is the build up of it and the second is the social activation of it cool so we'll lash it up so we'll have yeah. a look at the video for 45 years Pele held a record that many experts thought unbreakable 643 goals with a single club but then Lionel Messi did the impossible and there it is the goal from Messi that takes him to 644, leveling Pele. He's now ahead of him. To mark the moment, we invited the world to raise a Budweiser to toast the new king of football with a limited edition bottle that celebrated Messi's journey to 644 goals. In the weeks before Messi broke the record, we built hype around the world with the fully integrated campaign, Messi watch parties, and activated 350 influencers with more than 200 million followers on social to spread the excitement. In the lead up to the big goal, we fueled anticipation by celebrating every Messi goal with a special Budweiser discount. Then, the instant Messi scored goal 644, we dropped our Creed film in real time. The film celebrated Messi's journey to 644 goals and featured an unreleased and purpose-written track by UK grime icon Dizzy Rascal. But the moment didn't end there. We took it to another level by creating 644 one-of-a-kind Messi bottles, one for every goal Messi has scored for Barcelona. And then, with a handwritten note from Messi himself, we sent each numbered bottle to the 159 corresponding goalkeepers that conceded them, some of whom are the greatest goalkeepers that the game has ever known and legends in their own right. And they, in turn, toasted their congratulations to Messi on their social channels, When the campaign hit, we created a news moment that spread all over the world, resulting in over 3 billion impressions on social media, organic news headlines in 84 different countries, all as fans everywhere raised the king of beers to the new king of football. Let alone there's only one king. Sorry, I had trouble finding the link there. (laughs) Yeah, I was like, like, how is he so far behind? No, that's a really really cool campaign. That's really, that's... that's, uh, that's awesome and really ties in so well with their kind of kings exactly. uh, um, tie-in. Uh, it's just, I've not seen it before, um, but I love, I absolutely love them sending it to the goalkeepers. The goalkeepers that that and, and I'm just thinking, I was like, is there like a Messi never scored on me club? Is there like a big goalie who's just like, I don't have any Budweiser. <laughs> and I was like, that would be so cool. Yeah. No, the, the, oh, that's awesome. I, I, I love that part of it. Like, that social execution is yeah. literally, it's bells and whistles, it's throwing the kitchen sink at them. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's let's just do everything. Like, I think if you're in the boardroom of that and you're efficient there, you're like, yeah, 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 just do everything. What I love about it is uh, all, like, you have some of the world's most famous goalkeepers now and some of the you know, most famous names. You have Gigi Buffon, Jan Oblak, Iker Casillas, really famous names with a huge social media presence also, you know, massive millions of followers on them. And um, what happened is they actually, all the goalkeepers actually reached out to Budweiser and said they shared their story with them in a message, just a direct message. And Budweiser got in contact with all those four or five different keepers, uh, key four or five keepers, yeah. and gave them a platform to share their story. So they actually done a live Instagram story with them and they shared their story about, you know, the goals that scored against them or the impact that Messi had on them. And it just generated mm. millions and millions of views and, and, and shares. Um, it's just expanding that reach to other legends. Exactly. It's showing how, 
how he is the king that he has this influence and other legends are willing to speak about him mm-hmm. on a platform because he is just so amazing. And with yeah, a topic right. that would be a source of embarrassment because he, they've scored against him, yeah. but it's almost like a... Not when it's so messy. Good. You can't, you, exactly, yeah. you can't, you, you can't uh, fight against that. It's like, a, it's like an uh, unstoppable object. It's, it's going to happen. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Joe, Joe Hart was one of the keepers who actually got scored against, and he had a really, really emotional piece up against it, saying how you know he's he was honoured to have Messi scored against him, although he didn't feel it at the time. Mm. Uh, if you look, there's another video around it. <laughs> if you look at the actual stats behind it, they had the number one share of voice uh, compared to all of their brand competitors around the time. It drove forty percent of the total conversations around that milestone, like forty percent completely, which is a massive number of, of mm. engagements uh, globally. I think it was t- uh, 20 million euro of social media value generated by that activation, which is obviously huge, huge figures. Mm. But um, I, I think Shane, you touched it at the start there. I love the way they tie it back to the brand, the king of football, the king of airs. It's just such yeah. a you know, perfect fit. Yeah. The, 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 you're trying to see how they landed there and you're, they're like, well, who's the king? Who, yeah. who, who is, who, or who's going to even, and they're like Pele, well, who's going to overtake? How can we crown a new king and mm-hmm. be part of crowning a new king? And I just think you can see kind of how then oh, everything builds from there. Let's just do loads of cool things around yeah. that. And it's, uh, it's just, yeah, it's lovely. Like it's, it's. But even as, as, a, as a campaign, it was a good campaign before mm-hmm. they even did the social activation. That was a solid multi-platform. That's, that's doing the job that campaign needs to do and then to push it even further that's i think that's that's it shows that the brand's willing to commit you know and and not just gonna just do the minimum just to 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 tick a box kind of thing it's actually going okay we can actually we can have some fun with this and we're happy to have fun with it as, as a brand so I, I think hats off to them yeah, yeah. exactly i think um, like like the 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 social activation, it seems like at the time it was a cherry on top, but it actually turned out to be even better than their actual campaign. Mm. It just shows that, like, you know, it, as I say, there was bells and whistles. They kind of went for it. They looked like they didn't say no to anything. Every idea mm. was a good idea and, 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 and went with it. And it was just executed. It's, 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 very, it's a very simple idea. The premise is very simple, but just the way it was executed is just, you know, really good. I know this, this big enter in a couple of awards last year. They, I think it did pick up a couple of awards. You can kind of see why it is one of the you know, all encompasses uh, campaigns. And what I think is really interesting, Aaron said, it was like, oh, they're willing to have fun. And as you said, Shane, mm-hmm. like, they just look like they said yes to everything. And it's brands, I guess, starting to understand that on social media, there's a lot of other options than engaging with your brand. You need to give me a reason to engage mm-hmm. with your brand and you need to tap into something really interesting. And I think that's, as opposed to just running their TVC you know what I mean? Which which yeah. a lot of brands do and they get yeah. their, their extra reach and that's fair enough. But to really tap into social media and try and get benefit like this, like 20 million euro earned um, uh, social spend, like that's that's insane value, insane value to just be willing, if you're willing to tap into obviously really, really good agency that know mm. what they're doing and willing to go, yeah, let's let's do this. This is something interesting. The, the, the benefits are there, you know? Do, 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 what I think actually is, is really impactful now, now that the more it's sitting with me is Messi is obviously he's for years he's been one of the number one uh, you know marketable sports personalities out there um, and you see him a lot like uh, like say Pepsi ad he's in it for like five seconds does a twirl with a ball has a can in his hand done and a lot of the time you see Messi it's like 
Okay, insert Messi here. He's yeah. there. Okay, take him out. Where Green is screen. this? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It's like, yeah. okay, we have him for half a day on set, if even, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and make him fulfill his contract. Where this is, it's the first campaign I've seen with Messi where you actually see a bit of the personality. Um, and not that he was, his personality was come true, what we saw there a lot, but it was actually tied into his yeah. actual skill, each yeah. goal, yeah. you know, yeah. and, and the personality came from then the keepers that were scored against, but it was much more, okay, we're actually using him the right way as opposed to he's just a face that people know and they like him and they like our brand as a result. It actually used him in, 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 in a really effective way, mm-hmm. I think. And that, that, that's, I think, why I actually like this campaign more than Anthony I've seen Messi in, which is just usually a tick the box. We have him for 12 months, make sure we use him. You're absolutely right. I think the, the, the benefit of this campaign or the, or the, the, the good thing of this campaign is that the social activation couldn't work anywhere else exact for social media realistically yeah. because it's mm-hmm. kind of it's not um really well executed you know graphics best production or whatever it's just shot on the phone most of it is mm-hmm. and it's really simple to, to work and, and to use as well and um, i think people people are starting now to you know more gauge towards authenticity the more authentic a brand can be the more authentic a sponsor can be or an influencer or someone like messi can be shown personality that's what people actually in, in, engage with <clears throat> mm-hmm. instead of just seeing a brand message being pushed in your face. Yeah, I think I think the audience are like TikTok has definitely accelerated that, yeah. but the audience are appreciating the behind the scenes or exclusive access into somewhere as opposed to it being a, a polished thing. So mm-hmm. even like the shot of your man taking the the bottle out of the furnace that has the individual label, seeing seeing how the, how the sausage is made, I think that that's that's what people kind of like I, there's there's one question though that that it does spring to mind do you actually reckon he signed or did 644 individualized <laughs> notes i highly doubt that messy let us get you recorded doing one or two messy just for the cameras okay well, i have seen i've seen like conor mcgregor do it with ufc posters like literally sitting there and then it's someone a, puts one in front of them like because they literally just go like that like so you never like you, you could have handwritten personalized yeah notes. exactly exactly you could have wrote six six hundred forty four short stories of different keepers you never know you never know aaron aaron why are you trying to destroy the campaign does anyone have message <laughs> number can, can someone give him a buzz there and see what the crack is uh that was a brilliant one to kick off with yeah. shane thanks 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 for that one that's uh yeah that's fresh i haven't seen haven't seen something like that um that's really cool. love that one um great so uh without further ado what's your what's your second one you're bringing to the table yeah, so the, 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 the second one, I went a bit more uh, local. I went to, to, to the Irish market. Uh, it's always really important to support locally and support Irish creatives. Um, so this campaign is for Tree Ireland, and this is uh, the island, uh, and the island is Armour Island up in the northwest uh, uh, beside Donegal. Uh, the, the, the creators of this are boys and girls, so a huge shout out to boys and girls, and this has done a really fantastic job on, on the campaign itself. Uh, really, the, the the story behind it is they're trying to make Armour the most connected island in the world, essentially. Um, it's really a mode of peace um, uh, across the island. The island was seeing a much, much, much more ruralization of it, um, a lot as people immigrating to the island. The first line is about uh, how no children were born on the island for a couple of years. It's a really a mode of peace. They use uh, music and imagery really well, and it's, it's, it's very great representation of uh, the Northwest, I suppose, as well. The biggest silence I hear on Iron Moor uh, is the sound of children. It, it's only when you don't have it, the silence is deafening. There's no better place to live than Iron Moor, but we have been decimated by immigration. 
we're working to make this the most connected Ireland in the world. I don't think we're putting too fine a point on it when we say that this connection is the electrification of the 21st century. With the speeds we're putting in here, you could work just as easily as you could in Dublin or New York or London. Being able to work in Ironmore means families can live here, and that's a game changer. When you can see, you know, 20 children coming in here who are all national school age, they're the future, and that young bunch of children might never have to leave. This project could actually be the saving of the island. This is about people and about making a difference. Yeah, I absolutely love that ad. When it when it came out, that I, that that got me straight away. That cut mm. through. Uh, that that whole ad, absolutely love it. Yeah, I think, yeah, it's such a powerful ad, and I know it was on for for quite a while. Um, I love just the connection or the the opportunity for the brand to tap into immigration and Ireland. Mm -hmm and running the parallels because there's there's an awful lot of maybe like our generation did see it during the recession in australia then you also have generations ahead of us saw it in the 80s generations ahead of them saw it in the set you know what i mean emigration in ireland is a is a huge topic and it can be an awful lot of a um, <clears throat> a very emotive point for places that were decimated in the west all the way going back from the famine you know what i mean it's been it's been a it's been a, a constant thing and i just love the parallel between the mm -hmm. island of ireland and this island you know what i mean and and drawing that parallel that if tree can make this island the most connected island in the world well then it can also do amazing stuff on the mainland and maybe the next generation won't have to leave ireland either you know and i just think that that's so that's so rich. And I just mm -hmm. love this campaign for, I remember the first time I saw it, I was like, that's going to do well. That's so strong. It's so powerful. It instantly connects with everyone Irish. You know what I mean? It feels everyone knows very someone authentic. About to leave. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it does. absolutely. What, what I love with this campaign is that it's, it's not just that one, one minute video. There's a whole series mm -hmm. and there's a whole series of assets. Uh, so <clears throat> they've done a really fantastic job. They actually made a nine minute documentary series about the island of Africa. YouTube is a really fascinating uh, watch but what they've done really well from a social execution is they made um, these content series called Humans of Aramore and it was this really beautiful imagery of really um, uh, the local people in the actual communities that are talking to the local lady in the post office the, the, the fishermen the pub owners the ice cream van uh, owner and, and the driver and it just showed them in you know really beautiful imagery and the scenery and you know like their natural habitat but you actually just felt so connected to the actual people on the island even though you haven't met them you don't know who they are you nearly feel that instant connection for them and then on social media um, an image an image speaks a thousand words and it's really really nice imagery <clears throat> but in the copy itself it actually <clears throat> told their story uh, behind what they do on the island and how you know tree is actually helping out their business and their livelihood as well and I'd say the timing of this to come out right before that pandemic, because I'd say you exactly. cannot get a fucking exactly. house. There's yeah. no field in that. Like I'd say the population of that island has doubled in the last yeah. two yeah. years, you know what I mean? And which is amazing. Mm -hmm. um, and also would have been teed up by this for people to be like, when people were starting to consider to move back down the country, um, like this was running in the background being like, yeah, they, we do have amazing connection in very remote places why am i sitting here locked in an apartment you know um it's yeah it's, it's class and, so and donegal became that bit of a donegal in particular oh. became a hot spot during mm -hmm. covid for people 
people oh. people get, getting out and and uh, I, I suppose does does it strike an extra chord with you Shane like coming back to the west um cuz come back to the west for me it does as well yeah I, I, absolutely um i think the, my plan was always to come back to the west eventually i never knew when i was going to do it but covid hit and it pretty much forced me back to the west and, and now because the world has changed behaviors have changed remote working is a thing I'm very excited for the future because we can have this hybrid model, be here, be based in Dublin, be based virtually, be, be based physically. Uh, it, it definitely strikes a, a, that emotional chord also because, you know, where, where you're from is, you know, all your memories are here, all your relations are here. And there's a very inherent Irish thing about that ad as well. And um, like the imagery, the, the scenes, the people, the accents, everything about it is just inherently kind of Irish and it really showcases Ireland. I, I imagine that this is the image of Ireland that a lot of Americans would have when, when they want to visit Ireland. You know that that really rugged cliffs, the imagery, the the, the mm. wild Atlantic Ocean, the people being really nice. And um, they do that very well. What they also very well is the music. They have a beautiful swell of music in in the video itself. It's that really ambient instrumental kind of music. Um, and throughout the other series of videos they have, that that just builds and builds and builds as well. It reminds me of um, uh, the famous Japanese animator, Hayao uh, Miyazaki. He done Spirited Away and Howl's Moving Castle. He uses that imagery and the actual music to build memory structures. I think the guys do that very well in the set. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. it's gorgeous. There's a, I remember there's a, uh, as you're saying about the shorts, you know, the series of this on, online. I remember watching the one about the doctor. And you know, it's, it's you know the trailer there kind of showed okay has you're bringing your life to the, the 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 island and you're kind of getting the sense that okay the island can survive long term mm -hmm. because the new generation coming in, but the doctor one really hit home uh, because it's basically saying now that we have this connection, we can do remote consultations uh, yeah. to specialists in Dublin uh, mm -hmm. in Galway and where, wherever the specialists are, and it the impact on that is you're removing a seven hour or uh, sorry it would be about 10 to 14 hours return trip from the mm. island down to dublin yeah. for people who are in their <laughs> 80s uh, and late 70s who are like very immobile and like that that's where you're really okay this is this is a direct human impact right now mm -hmm. uh, on it and i thought i thought that that for me was the biggest wow moment that she mm -hmm. said you know connection actually is so important the uh, fact that it's not the new generation trying to push the old generation out connecting actually means the older generation can stay exactly yeah, yeah, yeah. and have a yeah. much better quality of of life as, as a result you don't have to take two days two or three people have to take two yeah. days to bring one person for a 30 minute consultation where yeah. you, you get an update from a doctor and then you're back home again you know it's, right. that's, that's life-changing yeah absolutely yeah. We, we, we actually used to go up to our more <clears throat> quite a bit before the pandemic uh, like it's a really beautiful island. You can kayak around the whole island. It is gorgeous and the people are really nice. But I, I went up there more for a New Year's after that ad was released in Corbett, London, the, the, the media behind it. Mm -hmm. And I met all the people in the ad and I was like this. I was scared <laughs> of meeting people. I was like, oh my God. My friends are like, stop, you're, you're fucking embarrassing us, stop. Touching them. Like, yeah. Could you sign this, please? Yeah. Were you the only one that thought they were celebrities? Yeah, it was, yeah. That's amazing. They're like, no photos, please, no photos. Yeah. Yeah, no thanks photos. very much. That's oh, amazing. Um, well, that's a, that's a, that's a beautiful uh, uh, example. And, and I love the, the social element there with the, with the humans of Armour. I think mm -hmm. that's, mm. that's a really nice build on it, on an on a already solid campaign. It's lovely when you see a solid campaign and like the messy one we've seen, yeah. it didn't just stop there. Okay, how can we 
how can we take this this authenticity in this campaign and, and make it work for this platform make it work for that platform so yeah that's, that's, a, that's a great example because i didn't know about that social strand of it at all mm-hmm. uh, until you brought that there um yeah. great so so what's uh, what's our, our last but not least our final ad for for today shane yeah, uh, last but not least is right. Uh, so this is, it's, it's a bit different than your regular kind of advertising. This is primarily all uh, socially executed. So this is a, a bit of a throwback to uh, 2014 and everyone will know the globally famous Ice Bucket Challenge. Um, and this was done by the ALS Foundation who uh, specialised in research in motor neuron disease. Uh, it was co-founded by P- uh, Pat Quinn and Pete Fritz. Um, so this is it's not a regular advertisement at all. It was literally a challenge that just went viral completely across the world. Um, it was in nearly every market in, in, in the world. The premise is very, very simple. It's just an idea that sparked completely. So the Ice Bucket Challenge, and everyone knows, throw a bucket of ice over yourself, essentially, and donate to this, to this charity. And it just grew legs completely. There was so much host of celebrities online who, who jumped on board. And it went, to all, it went into all different markets well just to raise millions and millions for the charity you have 24 hours to respond or you're going to donate a hundred dollars to the ALS foundation here we go Good luck, guys. <laughs> Let's do this. That's a blast from the past. I haven't thought about mm-hmm. that campaign in ages. That was uh, that was massive. That was yeah. absolutely monstrous yeah. for a while. It was all. I just keep remembering um, the the like people in charge of the Twitter and in, in MediaWorks at the time mm-hmm. being like, we all have to do it. We all have to do it. And it was constantly. It was all like every every company was doing one. It's like, oh, they did one. They did one. We have to do one now. Um, it was just. It was the summer made of social pressure to get yeah, <laughs> to, to yeah. get absolutely drenched yeah, yeah. with ice water. There, there was it, you're right, it just completely took off across yeah. the world. Like everyone was doing it, it, it from, from celebrities to politicians, just regular people. It, to name drop five people: Bill Gates, Mark Zuckerberg, Barack Obama, Oprah Winfrey, Kim yeah. Kardashian. Like they're only five people. If you go on YouTube, there's compilations of top 200 celebrity ice bucket challenges. Just everyone just seemed to do it. Um, and it, it raised massive, massive funding and also awareness for, for, for the charity and for the brand as well. Is it, is, 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 would I be right in saying, it feels like that this campaign was, was the campaign that made a lot of people in the marketing industry that wouldn't be in the, you know, younger, socially plugged in or ones that go, oh, there's, there's power in this viral mm. thing as in this is this is actually something that can have an impact I, th- I think it broke down a good few barriers of of the impact uh, of social as opposed to it just being a a nice shiny thing that mm-hmm. young people or people who are addicted to their phones uh are interested in kind yeah, of, yeah. because because it had that pro- proliferation everywhere 
Yeah. I, I, I absolutely, like, unless you're under a rock, there's no way you you don't know what this campaign is essentially. Like it, it was massive. Um, I think you, you're definitely right. It definitely broke down a lot of barriers. It, it, it kind of posed a challenge also because a lot of brands then thought, well, let's just do a, a challenge and get let's go viral. Yeah. Whereas mm-hmm. it has to be authentic. If, if you're going to do a challenge, it has to authentically engage with your audience and merge back to your brand. And this is a really good example of how to actually do that. But like not every brand can do a viral challenge. I think that kind of two, three year period, every brand was thinking, let's do a viral challenge. Let's, let's have this take off. Yeah. It's very, very difficult to do that. I think even now it's still very difficult to do. Um, TikTok are kind of breaking into this market. So TikTok have a, a hashtag branded challenge uh, as, a, as a premium buy. Now it's not in this market yet, but it is in global markets. Um, people like Vodafone in India have done a really nice version of this one where you, you rotate the screen completely 360 and you have to react to it. And it has a Vodafone logo in the background, which was a really, really nice uh, imagery and it worked really well in India. But that's kind of breaking down barriers more. But if not, mm-hmm. every brand won't be able to use that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember you. You, I was going to say that chain was the fucking briefs we yeah. were getting. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I remember because I was in digital at the time, and it was like always in the outline, like goals. It was like viral. Like I, uh, yeah. I spoke a challenge. I was like, this, this thing was monstrous. Yeah, and our budget here is five k. <laughs> And you and I was like, yeah, but they had no budget in the house. It's like, yeah, but it's different. It's different. I remember just trying to nicely and politely be like, yeah, that's a big target there now, yeah. isn't it? That's yeah. trying to bring them because, as you rightly said, to create a, that challenge because everyone went, oh, we can just come up with something. Mm. They just came up with something. That's it. It's mm. not hard. <laughs> um, but uh, stop having stuff to to catch fire is people. Then I think that took about yeah three years, and then people marketers realized okay now if my boss asked me for something viral i need to cut that at the knee mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah, we're yeah. just lucky if something happens you're, you're, you're exactly right to, to, to give you figures in what the impact has on it there was 22 million uh, in funding raised in, 20, in 2014 and then they use it annually for the next five years uh, and the, the latest figures from 2019 is that they raise 20 million every year annually for five years after that so they raised well over 100 million now i know that the research and development is probably costing them more than that so mm. you know the funding is actually needed mm. but i'd say there was feck all funding before exactly do you know yeah. what i mean so yeah. yeah like that's unbelievably successful like uh, like i'd be honest i didn't ha- hear of a, um als before this mm-hmm. you know what i mean i hadn't heard of it so yeah. um now that everyone would know if you mention i spoke a challenge they're like oh yeah als I wonder. yeah it's just it's just unbelievable like it's just it just really really shows the power of it when something Mm. catches and it's not like any other media like that when something Mm. fucking catches it can just change the world and change so many lives so quickly like it's 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 insanity really exactly yeah i i I like that video that she that that you showed because it, it um it was, it was almost like watching a uh, contagion there where you see, you see patient zero <laughs> in terms of like how it started and, and that being so organic, it's just someone it was caused close to them nominated and it went from there. And then you see the inflection point of uh, the baseball uh, sufferer mm-hmm. and then no- nominating Tom Brady. That was really cool to see actually how, how it evolved mm-hmm. like that. Um, but it, I suppose maybe it's too close to the bone saying contagion. Yeah, I was like pandemic here. Yeah, yeah. I was like, yeah. fuck's sake. Yeah. But, There's uh, a yeah. that's one off in my head. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Yeah. Thank God hang up, hang up. 
that's where that's brilliant. That's uh, that's that's definitely a, a campaign that's that we haven't had on surprisingly no. uh, to date for for being such a such a monumental campaign mm-hmm. uh, in that space. So they're they're three brilliant ads, Shane. Thanks a million for for bringing them uh, to to the table. Um, from before we go, I was kind of ha- I had the question of with these kind of campaigns and and kind of from from what you see from from uh, from from paid social. Is there is there a major difference between a, a brand's organic social strategy and what they're doing there versus what they're doing on paid, or are they are they two of the same type of thing, or kind of where do you is there a line dividing it, or how how are brands best dealing with kind of what's what's organic and what's what are mm-hmm. we actually pushing pushing paid money behind? I think um, I think years ago there was that perception of it has to be organic and this has to be paid, and there is a fine line between the two of them. But now over the years, the two of them are slowly becoming more integrated and mm-hmm. close together. One main factor is that all social platforms, they're, they're no dummies. They don't have to make money. Social has become a very much a pay-to-display advertising platform. Uh, from, from recent stats, if you go out with organic content, normally on average, it hits about 5 to 6% of your, of your follower base, which would be a very, in this market, would be a very small follower or, or a very small base to hit people on. You need to have a paid support behind it, you know, to inherently increase your, your reach and your advertising reach. The content itself, we do see it, see it a bit differently, and it always depends on what level of the, you know, the proverbial digital marketing funnel you're on, whether you're upper, upper, mid, or lower funnel. A lot of lower funnel advertising are paid spend behind it. A lot of upper funnel advertising are organic and paid also as well. What a lot of brands are using organic for is to have that customer interaction, you know, to be uh, to be that point of contact, especially in the last two years, because people can't go into shop, couldn't go into shops and say, my phone is is, is banjax or you know, there's a thread gone from my jacket or whatever. They can just sit on the couch, go on their phone and have a direct conversation with the with brands and get queries resolved very quickly. So a lot of brands are using that for organic, but push any media or advertising. We're in the day and age now. You have to put the paid spend behind it to, to, to increase your, your your volume and, and audiences. So essentially, you're you're wasting your time putting the effort behind actual production and creative. Uh, if you're not actually gonna gonna push it out there with media yeah. spend, it's just it's just it, it's literally solidified itself as just another media channel. Then essentially, yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. It, it, it it's an interesting evolution, especially uh, Meta. They've had such an interesting evolution over the last ten years. It's very a very millennial analogy, but I feel like Mesha is like a Pokemon in the, the evolution chart. It was really nice and cute in the first stage, and then it went to a really awkward and difficult uh, tra- transition stage into a teenager. And now with the final stage, it's really starting to find its legs, essentially. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now it it's was, the Charizard status. The Charizard now, exactly. <laughs> what was it? Or, or it was Metapod. No, it was, it was <laughs> Metapod. Nice, to, nice. To Butterfree. So now it's Butterfree. <laughs> I can't even never thought of that. That's fantastic. Yeah. That's I'm just riffing uh, off you, Shane. Just riffing <laughs> off you. <laughs> oh, Pokemon. Uh, brilliant. Well, that's, that's, uh, that's a, a great uh, note to end it on. Shane, thank you so much for, for those ads and, and, and coming on today. Um, if anyone is listening to these and want to, um, wants to actually view the ads, uh, you can go to workwithfo.e for slash podcast uh, to get them there. Um, uh, otherwise, uh, we will see you all next week. Thanks very much. Thank you.